Welcome in to the Air Raid Sports Podcast. I'm Chandler Corny, and with me as always, Brady Scott. What up? We are glad that it is finally, officially, week one of college football season. It's officially, as we record this now, after midnight, zero days until college football. We are we are less than 12 hours away from kickoff. I may not sleep. It's pretty exciting. This is This is Christmas Day for us. Yeah, this is better than Christmas now. Absolutely. Okay. Especially yeah. now that we don't get nothing. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so we're going to get... Once certain age, Christmas or sucks. Oh, yeah, you don't get any presents, man. Yeah. You're like, hey, I'm man. I'm almost to that age. Well, you pay my rent. I don't want any... I don't even want a materialistic thing. <laughs> Buy me some groceries. <laughs> Appreciate it. Give me some gift cards. I'll be fine. That's all you need. Give me some cash. Would Take the money you were going to buy my gift with and just... Give it to me. Does your mom do that? Because my mom's like, I, I can't do that. That's no, they want to buy me stuff. Same. I just tell them what I want. What's one time? I think it was for my graduation gift. My mom said, "What do you want me to get you?" Because she got my brother like this expensive watch that he never wears. Yeah, I was like, I want you to pay my truck note this month. <laughs> <laughs> Did she? Yes. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good alright so we're gonna open this show up I have a serious serious question that needs to be answered and I've pondered this for two days alright let me hear it what in the hell is in the drinking water in Dallas Texas because none of these people know how to take a reasonable contract and just live life normally first it's Nerlens Noel Turns down seventy million dollars from the Mavericks, and now he's going to play his entire career off minimal contracts. Then it's Dak Prescott turning down thirty million dollars a year, and then Zeke turns down to be the second highest paid running back in the NFL behind Todd Gurley. And I just don't understand what's going on. It's a lot of money that they have all been offered. If I'm Dak Prescott, I'm signing on the dotted line for thirty million. That's more than I'll ever get again. The only person worth the contract they were offered is Zeke. He's the only one that is justified by asking to be the highest paid to his position. Yes, but it's very hard to do when you're two years out of yeah. out from you're having your contract expired and you have I, two other players you need to pay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. Just if Zeke is going to be the highest paid annually, why not just go to him and say, all right, cut years off of it and keep the yearly salary the same, and we'll do something in three years? Well, I mean, that makes sense. But now it's coming down to a matter of who's going to blink first, Jerry Jones or Zeke Elliott and his I think, agent. I think as Le'Veon Bell proved last year, you can sit out and still get paid not as much. But as young as Zeke is, I think he can sit out and still be fine with money situation. I think people will still pay him. You have to think, too, who is advising these people to do Uh, things like this? Who's advising Dak Prescott to ask for $40 million? Who's telling him to turn down $30 million a year? Uh, An idiot. Also, the same person who told Nerlens Noel not to take $70 million? Got to be. Is uh, what what's his name? Rich Paul. Yeah, I don't know. I the, don't know uh, who anybody's agent is the agent for LeBron and yeah, Anthony Davis. Paul. That was Northern Noel's agent. Yeah, he is no longer with Northern Noel. Yeah, wonder why. 
that'll do it. That would have done it for me. All right. Well, that's all for the NFL that I had to ask because I don't know. It's just a story that won't end. I haven't even heard a number for Amari Cooper. Me either. And that's the thing. Like he's just slowly going with the flow, minding his own business. I guess if they don't get Dak or Zeke, there's no point paying him either. No, I mean, hell, you ain't got nobody throw the ball to him. Just let him run game to set it up. Just let them all go. It. I don't know. Dak just needs to sign his $30 million a year and go along with it. Because if something happens and he doesn't sign it before the season and Zeke does sit out and misses five, six, seven weeks, maybe the whole season, it's going to show how valuable Zeke is for Dak's game. And the $30 million may not still be there. He's the catalyst that keeps the offense together. Yes. A good run game can do anything for you. Yes. You don't have to be a great quarterback if you have a top two back in the league every year. And a very good offensive line. A back-to-back rushing champion and one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Makes life easy. Some people really think that he deserves it. Okay, yeah, but we talked on the last podcast about how Jerry Jones wants the new Aikman. Emmett Smith, uh, Michael Irvin. Well, it's going to cost him. If you think about it, he had that a few years ago and couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. Tony Romo. Des Bryant. And uh, DeMarco Murray. And they couldn't get it done. Oh, I mean. Maybe it's just not meant to be. Maybe. I mean, that's a that was a better trio than what we're seeing right now in Dallas. Yeah. Now, I know we haven't seen this for a full year. But still. You take Dez over you, over Amari Cooper. Absolutely. Talent-wise, you probably take Tony Romo over Dak Prescott. Yeah. The only one I would take is Zeke over Murray. Yeah. That's the only one I'd take. I don't know. I just don't think they have the firepower to compete in the NFC right now to make a deep run in the playoffs. I don't think they can beat the Saints in a playoff game or the Rams in a playoff game. I don't think they could beat the Bears in a playoff game. No, because the Bears are going to stack the box and make Dak beat them, and I don't think he can. I don't either, because they have a really good secondary. Yep. Except for number 30 on Madden. Yeah, that was uh, that's number 20. It was Prince of Mukamara. I found yeah. that out. Tough. Yeah, it was a rough game. Peas and peas of that guy. All right, so – Someone asked me a hypothetical question the other day, and I just want to ask you so we can kick off this college football season with speculation. All right. Someone asked me, how much longer do you think Nick Saban will be coaching? Realistically. Okay. And my answer was, you know, it's a hard timetable to tell because I think he's really good. He's great. Probably is he right now? I want to say he's he's in his sixties, maybe sixty five. Yeah, he's sixty something. I, you know, he's not going to go anywhere else and start a new program. If that were the case, he'd be at Texas right now. Yeah, five years. I'd say five, six stops. I mean, Bill Snyder did maybe until he seven. was seventy nine, but he was not. Nah, the same Bill Snyder. And you could tell. I don't know. I'd say five to seven, maybe eight. 
And so the next question that they asked me was, do you see Dabo leaving Clemson to take over the Bama program? And I simply thought, I I don't think so. I don't think that, that he would leave. He may. He might. I mean, he played there. I think it would take a lot of soul searching for him to leave Clemson. Because if he takes the Alabama job, when you look back at his career, you say he built this great thing at Clemson and then took took over what Nick Saban built at Alabama. Yeah. Am I saying he's not great coach? No. But everybody's going to say, well, he did it, and then he just took over for Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to win once the program's been set for you. Yeah. But well, he doesn't have to do anything at Clemson now. He's set. But no, he – it took him 11 years to build yeah. that dynasty. Yeah. And that's why I think it'd be tough to leave because he built it. And he he was never a coordinator. Yeah. I mean, he just he, he taught himself into that job because he gets he gets the same recruits now that he would get at Alabama. Yeah. Plus, you don't have to go through the SEC every year. Exactly. Jimbo Fisher's going to figure that one out. It's a daunting schedule. For anybody. But so the question now needs to become, who who do you think, if it's not Dabo, who do you think would take over the Alabama program? Who do you think that they would want? I've said it to you before, and I think they go two places, two former people who have been in the program or played or whatever. They're going to go throw Dabo, whatever they're going to throw him. He turns it down. I have a scenario that your people are going to think is crazy, but might just happen. Well, air it out, dude. If Freddie Kitchens and the Browns, if he's semi-successful and goes to the playoffs consistently, I think that Bama may throw him some money being he's been under Saban and played and done all this and learned from Saban. And if he shows he's successful in the NFL, he may not want to come back to college. But say five to eight years from now, Baker's going to be through his rookie deal, may not even be in Cleveland anymore. Who knows who you have? Odell's not going to be there more than likely. Jarvis may not be there. The whole team may be gone. And he can be like, use that success that he's had with this team to get a job at Alabama where he would probably be set for life. So I think they would go to Freddie Kitchens. That's a wild take. If they want to go for a guy who's been there. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it is a wild take, but it's not far fetched. I don't think so. He's an Alabama guy. He's a Southern guy. He's probably eventually gonna get tired of Cleveland winners and want to come back down home to the South. Yeah. That's my prediction. I want to know who you think. I honestly, if it's not Dabo, I think in their mind it would have to be like Dabo or Bust. Yeah, you think they would um try and get Jimbo? I think it would be a, a possibility. Here's a wild one. Just popped in my head. What if Les Miles turns Kansas around? And he wants to come back to the SEC. 
Wouldn't that be weird? Well, yeah, but at the same time, he's old too. That's what I was gonna say. He's rather old. Yeah, but it would. I feel like if he came out, he went to Alabama. Then he wouldn't be able to get over the edge yeah. of a Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, or LSU, or Georgia. No, it won't be LSU as long as Coach O's there. Well, then it'll probably be Georgia with Kirby Smart. Probably. And there would just be a team that he can't get over the edge with. There always is. You think they would um, throw um, Herman or Lincoln Riley any money? It's possible. I mean, we're talking, we're talking five to eight years from now. What if Sarkeesian stays with him for eight years? I don't, see, I don't see that happening. I don't either, but if he's there for that long. I don't see him being a head coach again. Lane Kiffin. Don't see it. He's not even he's not even producing that much at FAU anymore. I don't think so either. But I'm just throwing out names. I think you go to Dabo and then Freddie Kitchens. If he proves he can coach. That's unproven. There may be a new Lincoln Riley by that time. Who knows? Just someone gets thrust into the job. Pete Golding. I doubt he's there by then. And then, you know, he's coach head coach somewhere. He may come back. Hope he's here. It's a possibility. We'll see. He is the next Kirby Smart. All right. So here's a good question for you. Shoot. Who is the most overrated player going into the college football season that you believe will not live up Sam to Sam Ellinger. That was fast. Sam Ellinger. Do you you just randomly think of this? Like oh no. automatically Sam Ellinger? Yeah, Sam Ellinger. I didn't even finish a question. You're just like Sam oh. Ellinger. Why are you shitting on this man? Because he's trash. He's overrated. I mean, I agree. Everybody loves Sam Ellinger. I don't know why. He doesn't put up great stats. The only thing he can do is run a little bit. And his defense, I don't know. He's trash. People people probably like him because you know it's a sad story. I yeah. hate Sam Ellinger. I mean, I grew up without my dad, so you don't see me. I was born to be the quarterback at Texas. Okay. Let me just get a job and say, I was born to do this. Okay. He what, if, what if he wasn't good at football? What would he what was he born to do then? Maybe not be the quarterback at Texas? Maybe he would have found something else. He I mean, what if I just do? walked around saying I was born to be the quarterback at Ole Miss? Well, that didn't happen. Then you weren't born to be the quarterback at Ole Miss. <laughs> you were born to root for the quarterback, I guess. I guess. Sometimes that's really hard. But Sam Ellinger is my pick for overrated. I'm tired of everybody talking about him. Um, give me more than half a good year, and we'll see. We'll talk. Is there is there like a close second? Yeah. Okay, give me your close second then. The Texas football team. <laughs> I thought Texas was back. No. Not not even a little bit. I mean, the Big Twelve's probably not going to be that good. I think they finished third or fourth in the conference. Oh, uh, Texas? Yeah, Texas may finish third in the conference. Okay. Oklahoma won. Iowa State two. I think, here you go, back to Sam Ellinger being overrated. I think he's the fourth best quarterback in his conference. Are you counting? All right, who's who's top three before him? Okay. I'm going to say, based off of 
experience. Jalen Hurts is one. Okay. Brock Purdy two. Okay. And I think Spencer Rattler's better a better quarterback. Oh my I knew you were gonna say Spencer Rattler. He's a better quarterback he, than Sam Ellinger. We've never seen him play college football. He's still better than Sam Ellinger. Maybe a little biased, but that's there a lot biased. That's a lot biased. Yes, it does. Yes. I just don't I just don't think Sam Ellinger's that good. He may come out and win the Heisman this year. But, yeah, but you're saying that he's I not don't as think good he's as a good. person who's never played college football? Yes. As a quarterback-wise. Running the ball, he may be the second best. But behind Jalen Hurts? Yeah. And you're you're going to say this, these rankings, and you're going to keep, keep those. Like, you're being serious right now. I mean, I guess I have to now. I mean, maybe the Rattler's a stretch, but the other two I stand behind. <laughs> Brock Purdy is better than him. Okay. Well, I think the most overrated player. Sam Ellinger is a great value brand of Tim Tebow. Everybody wants him to be Tim <laughs> Tebow, and he's not going to be Tim Tebow. I thought Nick Fitzgerald was a great value brand of Tim Tebow. He was, too. <laughs> he may have been the... I don't know, dirt cheap brand version of the Tim Dollar Tebow. General, the Clover Valley brand, Dollar General. Yeah, probably. Great <laughs> value's a little better. I will not. I will say Sam Ellinger's way better than Nick Fitzgerald, but Nick Fitzgerald couldn't hit the broadside of the barn from ten feet. He'd find a way to miss it. Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. I'm done. I mean, I mean, I hate to you know interrupt your your hate speech right now. I'm good. That may come around to bite me in the ass, but I'm okay with it. I hope Texas now goes like five and seven this year. Not going to happen, but be great. So I think that JT Daniels at USC is very overrated. That's a more realistic pick than I had, but I'm just tired of the talk. I don't have a, a burning deep hatred in my heart for this man. I do, and I don't know why I do. I mean, he looks just, like a pedophile, but there's just some people that you just don't like, and some people that you know in life that has a face that you just want to punch. I don't know why. That's just it for me. That's, I mean, that's fair. That I mean, that is a fact. I don't know why I don't like him. I just don't like him. And I'm tired of hearing everybody talk about him. Because if you listen to Kirk Herbstreet, Sam Ellinger's winning the Heisman this year, and it ain't even close. I mean, that's he has been pretty high on him. Pretty high. He hasn't stopped talking about Every time I have yet to see Kirk Herbstreet on TV this football season where he has failed to mention Sam Ellinger. Football season hasn't started yet, by the way. This Preseason, the whatever. talking season. Yeah, he has. I have not seen him on TV and not mentioned Sam Ellinger. Okay, hang on. Who's more? Who's more overrated, Sam Ellinger or Shea Patterson? Like, what? What you thought Shea Patterson was going to be? Shea Patterson. Sam Sam Ellinger's at least won a big game. Yeah, I mean he's beating Oklahoma. He's beating Georgia. Oh yeah, he did beat Georgia. Yeah, he beat your boy Jake Fromm. How do you feel about that? Yeah, fuck that dude. <laughs> I think the most overrated quarterback to me that in the recent memory is hands down without a doubt, Jake Bentley. There was so uh, much hype around this dude coming in to, to South Carolina. I think Shea Patterson was more overrated than him. That just may have been my own expectation, but 
yeah, you know, arriving at the stadium, what, two and a half hours early just to watch him throw the football because you knew he wasn't playing in the game? Yeah, I'm probably going to do that next year with Ashford as well. So please don't because I feel like that's Why? a curse. How? That's a curse. I've always done that. Okay, who's the other backup quarterback you've done that with? I know you hadn't done it because you used to ride to, to the games with your parents. Yeah. We'd always go in about an hour and a half early, though. Yeah, to sit down, not to watch a quarterback throw the football. Okay, we're still there watching. You would be like, hey, man, we need to go so I can go watch Shay throw. Yeah, that's facts. That did happen. Okay. That's That's not a point in my life I'm proud of, but (laughs) it happened. We've we've been there. We moved on. He's definitely moved on. As soon as he sat in that booth at at IHOP, he was dead to me. Was he the one that said he didn't sit in the booth, did he? I don't know. I think everybody went to IHOP. I mean, if a coach takes me to IHOP, I don't know if I want to play for him. I don't know if I can trust him. I'd be like, hey, man, there's there's a couple more. What's I mean, what's worse, IHOP? He could have taken him to Huddle House. Took have taken him to BBB. Yeah, okay, but what if he had taken him to Huddle House? Is that worse or is that better? It's better. Huddle House is better than IHOP? I'm not an IHOP fan. I've only been like two or three times. I've never been impressed. You know they have burgers there too, right? IHOP? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on from Sam Ellinger and overrated. I don't know why I said I'm sorry that I got you riled up. Okay, man. I just had to get it off my chest. He's going to go win the Heisman now. I fueled him. Everybody needs a hater. I'm his. All right. So, last night, my beloved Arizona State Sun Devils played. Mm Mm-hmm. And I couldn't watch them. Tough. Do you, do you think that the Pac-12 network is a mistake for the Pac-12? Like, they don't distribute it anywhere. No, why? I mean... Who, who can I, see it? The Pac-12? You can see the SEC the, network anywhere. People on the West Coast get it? So, I text my aunt, who lives in Utah, which yeah. has a Pac-12 school in her state. Yeah. And she, she doesn't get it? She doesn't get it. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess they do a bad job of branding it or whatever. I don't. I don't think they're partnered with anybody. You know, like yeah, like ESPN's behind SEC Network and ACC Network. I never see anything on TV about the Pac-12 Network unless it's saying a game and playing on the Pac-12 Network. That's the only time you see it. Yeah, if you follow Yogi Roth on Twitter, you see segments of it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's the only Pac-12 Network I see. And you don't even have an option to stream it. Like you don't no. even have the option to just buy like a, like a Pac-12 Go. No, that should be an option. I don't know, man. Seems I, like a waste. Yeah, it. With everything moving, you would think that, that would be an option on the table. I don't know. I don't have a problem with the Pac-12 like some people do, but I don't know. I like the Pac-12. I do. I do too. I'd rather watch the Pac-12 than the Big Ten. Certain teams, yeah. I mean, I would, for the most part, yeah. I would. I mean, you get to see Oregon, you see Washington, Washington State, Arizona who, State. Who wants to watch Northwestern and Minnesota play? I'll answer that for you. Nobody. I think some people would. You just don't appreciate, I don't even, you just don't appreciate the style of football the Big Ten. I don't played. even think Minnesota fans want to see it anymore after the boat almost sank last night. They, they almost quit rowing. I think that – that boat has sailed. Uh, They're not that good. No. They're, I mean, PJ Flake. He should have waited. 
He should have. Well, maybe he just maybe knew. Maybe he knew. Who knows? I don't know. You're not going to get that many. You had to know you're not going to recruit at a high level at Minnesota. Yeah, name name one player that's come out of Minnesota. As far as a high school recruit that you know that's like above the rest. I can only name baseball. I can, I can even do that name. I don't remember his name. But okay, he played, you he played, name. He played at Southern Miss. <laughs> he played at Southern Miss and got drafted by the Twins. So, it's home, so, home, so home state. Man. Yeah, his home state team drafted him. He came to Southern Miss because of Brian Dozier. You don't even know his name. You can't even name him. I can't remember. Chris Harris can tell you who he is. Okay. I don't know. I'm sorry I don't know Southern Miss baseball players by heart, dude. I'm sorry. You said, did you see Jaden Daniels play last night? Did you see his stats? No. no. I obviously, you didn't see him play because we, no. we can't get anything. No, I don't love Arizona State the way you do. Okay, well, I mean, that's just the first true freshman that, you know, has got a chance to step into the spotlight. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to tell me, though. I mean, he did pretty good. Stats? Stats? How many touchdowns? I think he threw. I know he threw one. He threw. I know he threw one, and he rushed for one also. See, no Pac-12 network, no knowledge. Exactly, like you can't even watch it anywhere. I'd like to be able to tune in to see interviews each week with the pirate Mike Leach, but no, can't do that. Mike Leach, Ole Miss, twenty twenty. Make yeah. it happen. Dude, if that hadn't happened already, it's not going to. It might. It's not. Give it time. I think we've been giving it time. Give it time. You got to believe. I mean, I believe all I want, but it's just not. I don't you think gotta believe. Come to SEC. You got to believe. Anyway, the whole point I was making was with Jaden Daniels, yeah. who, who is a first true freshman that we've seen step into the spotlight that we really haven't seen, I guess, because. Bo Nix has a lot of hype. We'll see how that goes. That's what I was getting to. Do you think that Bo Nix can handle the spotlight tomorrow night? Well, I don't know. Maybe he can. It helps him being a coach's kid. I think that helps him some. But if you talk to people around Auburn and ESPN for that matter, he's the Sam Ellinger of the Auburn Tigers. You know, I was actually going to say that. Like, you, you've been kind of not hating on him, but not fully committed to liking him. And I'm just like, no. Nah. You know, he thinks he's he's born to be the quarterback at all. He Auburn. truly, I believe, he truly believes that he was born to be the Auburn quarterback. And if he comes on there and says that, guess what? You're not going to like him. Not a fan. Okay, I think maybe he doesn't believe it, but I think he thinks, you know, he thinks is, he is. Okay, being born to be the quarterback at Auburn, like his dad and his granddad were both quarterbacks at Auburn. Yeah, so different situation. Sort of like the whole Archie-Eli thing. I can get behind that. Yeah, but Eli Manning never said I was born to be the quarterback here. No, nah, he he just has that look he always has. Looks like he really doesn't give a shit. But Do you think he actually likes football? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't look like he enjoys it too much. I've seen him happy like three times playing football. Two of those are after Super Bowls. Yeah. That's one time I don't think I've ever seen him smile. Who knows? Maybe he just, I don't know. 
Maybe it's just a good source of income for him. You know? <laughs> he just wants to be financially stable <laughs> so he could get married. Why Why are you playing football? Good source of income, man. I like the money, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's got plenty. His family has plenty. Oh, there is no doubt that he would be fine even if he didn't play football. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways. All right, so we are going to get into our picks, and it's going to be a fun time of year. Yeah, because you're going to get beat again. That's not going to happen. We'll see. All right, well, if we're going, we're getting into our picks, and I just want to remind everyone, share some news with you that all of our spreads and everything that we use uh, this season on uh, Area Sports will be from our good friends over at BetSpurts. And if you hadn't heard of BetSpurts, uh, look them up on their website, download their app. They have great bet news and, and just tidbits to give you to be a better better. This is not a hashtag ad, by the way. No, it's just a, uh, just a friendship we're trying to establish. Uh, before we get into our picks, um, our little wager, um, I'm ahead in our little rushing title wager. After week one, I'm ahead. I would have thought, you know, Benjamin, and since both our backs have already played, I'm ahead. About 30 yards? 136. 136, and uh, Eno was 102. So I'm ahead in yards and touchdowns. Okay, we didn't have, we we didn't say it was going to be the leading score. I just wanted to add that in there. Well, I wasn't part part of the bet. Two rushing touchdowns and two receiving tutters. All right. Moving on. We got Boise State at Florida State. The first pick we are going to make this season. Florida State is a six and a half point favorite. Remember, this game's getting moved up from not Tom from or, uh, Jacksonville back to Tallahassee because of the mm-hmm. hurricane. Uh, who are you taking? Boise. Boise State. Boise likes going into other people's places and winning. So I'm going to take Boise. Also, because Florida State looked like crap last year. They did. But. I'm going with Boise. I think that, that this is a game to get turned around. Uh, I'm going to take Florida State, but I do not think that they're going to win by six and a half points. I, I would not take take the numbers with them. We got South Carolina and North Carolina. Uh, South Carolina is an 11 and a half point favorite. Remember, don't you know? Don't don't forget that the air raid, Mac Brown, and person that I really don't want to say his name that was here last year. We'll be experimenting this new offense. Well, here you go, man. Here's my pick. Phil Longo's offense coordinator in North Carolina, they can't score. South Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to go South Carolina just because if Phil Longo does what we know Phil Longo can do, which is not score in the red zone, he's not going to do that against a good defense. Uh, so I'm going to go South Carolina. We got Georgia at Vanderbilt. It's probably given. Georgia is a 22-and-a-half-point favorite uh, you got in. Do you think that they'll cover? Georgia, and it will be a massacre. Yeah. Uh, the it, stadium may be empty besides Georgia fans at halftime. Did you see the ticket process for – or you said after halftime? I say, did you see the ticket process for this game? Probably like $4. Probably like trying to get in a Southern Miss game. $300 plus. Oh, really? Georgia fans are taking over the stadium. Oh, well, Georgia may pack it out then. It's going to be a, a home game for them, man. 
Or at uh, least a neutral side game. Uh, why do you want to go watch your team get killed anyway? Georgia by a lot. Yeah, if you have a house and you're trying to start up, you know, maybe a, a fund for your kids and say you have $100,000 in the bank, that's a lot of money. Say you have ten grand in the bank or something, bet everything that Georgia takes this game with the points. Okay, maybe if Andy has a shot now. <laughs> Virginia at Pittsburgh. Uh, this is a, this is our this is a toss up game. Virginia's favored by two and a half points. Who you got? We played Pitt one time in the Birmingham Bowl. I didn't like their fans what they had to say about us on Twitter, so I'm going to go with Virginia. <laughs> what a pity, ass. <laughs> All right, look. At least I have a reason. Pitt got embarrassed towards the end of the season last year in the ACC championship game. Exactly. A lot of people say maybe they shouldn't have been there. Toss-up game, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I think Narduzzi, you know, can get his team ready and, and maybe get, get it going. Uh, Sorry about that. Up next, we got Houston and Oklahoma. This is a Sunday night game. Oklahoma's a 23-point favorite. Who are you taking? OU. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Okay, well, Herm Edwards. We're we're going horns down on this one. I'm going to go OU as well. Way down. If you didn't already know that. I mean, it's going to be interesting, I think, because, you know. There's going to be a ton of points scored, I think. Oh, yeah, you need to take the over in this game. Whatever it is, you need to take it. Because Dana Holgerson, is, this is his first, you know, game at Houston. Derek King's pretty good as well. He he is a very, very good quarterback. We'll see. I think too much Oklahoma in the end. I don't know about the spread, though. I think it's going to be close to that line. You think it's going to be close to 23? Yeah. It should be closer right on it unless Houston just comes out of the gate god-awful. I don't think either defense can stop the others. I'm eager to see the new DC at Oklahoma and what he does. Yeah, I think that'll that'll be an interesting thing to keep. We'll see through the game. The over under is, is set at uh, eighty. That's close. It's going to be right there. I think that that's going to be very very under. If you if you're betting over under eighty points. I'm going to say you can take the over. Under. All right. So, I got the over. Brady's got the under. Because blame it on us, whatever you bet. I don't know. Under. I don't know why. Under. All right. We got – always go with your gut, man. I guess. Fresno State at USC. USC is a 13.5 point favorite. Who are you taking this one? Well, I don't think USC is that good, I think they will squeak this one out. Yeah, I'm going to take USC, but I definitely think Fresno State is going to cover, and then that's probably going to add fuel to Clay Hilton's hot seat. No, I don't think he makes it through the season. I don't think he makes it through week five. I can see it. I mean, that's just – I see that. We'll see. All right, we got SMU at Arkansas State. Arkansas State is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Who are you taking in this one? I'm taking Shane Buchel and SMU. Okay, so is he starting? I would imagine so. I I should be. I had I'm never taken SMU. I did not read that there was a battle, if for no other reason, because Shane Buchel plays for them. Arkansas State's coach, you know, has been going through a hard time. His wife recently passed away. Did uh, not know that. 
Yeah, so his wife recently passed away. She'd been dealing with brain cancer for a while. I think it was brain yeah. cancer. And he took a leave of absence from the team. And so uh, for that reason, I think his team's going to come out and play harder for him. Yeah. And then Arkansas State's going to win this game. Good pick. But with that said, I do like Shane Buchel, and I think that he'll have a pretty good season this year. I hope so. Northwestern at Stanford. Uh, Stanford's a six-point favorite. Who are you taking in this one? Well, it's not in the mile-high grass of Northwestern, so I will take Stanford. I only pick Northwestern at home. I don't pick them when they go on the road. Uh, I think that Stanford is going to have a pretty decent season this year. Uh, KJ Costello is their quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, really solid dude. Can make things happen, especially in that offense. But I think that that relies too much on the run game. And I haven't seen who their running back is. I don't know. They find them, man. They breed them. I'm going to go with Northwestern on this one. Uh-huh. We'll see. Just because, you know, they have a former five-star coming right. from Clemson. I think that he's going to show people that he can do it. Stanford has one of the best defensive linemen in college football this season. I can't remember his name, but they have it. Well, we'll find out tomorrow night. Can't wait for we'll sure. See. Virginia Tech at Boston College. Virginia Tech's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I do not know who the starting quarterback is for Virginia Tech. I don't either, but I'm still going to go Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech went through a lot last year with a lot of – a lot of players, and you know, we've seen the the stuff that's come out about it and everything. I think Fuente's going to get turned around this year and actually have guys that want to play. And with Bud Foster it being his last year, I I think that this will be a better season. So I'm I'm definitely going to take Virginia Tech with the points. Duke at Alabama, Alabama surprise surprise is a 32 and a half point favorite. Who you taking? Duke. Has absolutely no chance. Yeah, that's that's fair. Are you taking points with this one, you think? Duke has absolutely no chance. I think Bama, and I also think with the points. It's not a knock on Cutcliffe or anybody. Nah, it's love just, the guy, but no. Nah. Bama's on a mission. Yeah, and you just have to happen to be the first mediocre team that they're going to play. Yep. And it's not your fault. It's your AD's fault. It's not uh, yours. Whoever schedules this game, I hope they get fired. <laughs> if I'm good, Cliff, I'm, if I'm the head coach, I'm walking in the office and say, who scheduled this game? Good, you're fired. All right. The next game on the list is close to home. Ole Miss at Memphis, and Memphis is a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Who are you taking, and what are your thoughts on this game? My heart is torn. I mean, all day you've said one thing. I really don't know if we can win. Okay, but why? Because we're implementing two totally different systems on each side of the ball. Plus, we couldn't tackle anybody last year. So, if we learned how to tackle, we have a shot. Ole Miss wins because Memphis doesn't have film on anything we're going to do on either side of the ball. There you go. That's all I have to say. You're saying Ole Miss is going to win this game? Yes. As opposed to what you've told me for the last three days. 
Yes, against my will, I'm going to go ahead and pick us. I think Ole Miss is going to win this game, and it's not biased. Know. It's not. I think we have to rush for at least 200 yards to win. I think we will. Memphis. People are so high on Memphis, and I understand. Like they, they have done a lot, and they've had a lot of good players. I don't think they should be favored. But their players aren't there anymore. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. I don't know. I think it's going to be a very good game. I think I'm going to need – I may go into cardiac arrest like three or four times. But do you not think that this is a rivalry game by any means? No. All right, next up we got Toledo at Kentucky. Kentucky is an 11.5 point favorite. Who are you taking? UK. Okay, so I'm taking Kentucky as well, but I am but I think that – Cash you, Daniels, man. You take Toledo as far as you bet wise. Kentucky's going to blow them out, dude. Kentucky's not going to cover that. How much is it? 11.5. Easy. They win by 20. All right, Syracuse at Liberty. Syracuse is an 18.5 point favorite. Oh. Hugh Freeze, I don't know if we'll be on the sideline for this game or not. He's been battling some health issues. His first game as head coach of the Liberty Flames. Who are you taking in this one? I'm going to take the cues for Tim the Tapman. So, um, big Hugh Freeze fan. Huge Hugh Freeze fan. Yeah. Uh, his first one. At Liberty, first one back. This is his redemption season, and I hope it goes well for him. I hope we rehire him. And I think that he's going to get it kick-started and prove to Ellis, to everybody that Syracuse is uh, was a one-man show last year. And Eric Dungey's not there anymore. We'll see. So I'm going Liberty with this one. Shocker. All right. Eastern Michigan at Coastal Carolina. Eastern Michigan's a six-point favorite. Who are you taking in this one? Coastal Carolina won the national championship a few years ago, but that was in baseball. I don't think they have the same players on the football team. I'm going to take Eastern Michigan. Um, I'm going to take Coastal Carolina in this game. I don't know much about either team. I just know that the last guy to try to get a waiver from the NCAA comes from Coastal Carolina. And gets denied as a bunch of BS because that's what the NCAA yep. is. Yep. So for that guy, I'm taking Coastal Carolina. Guys, so the biggest game of the weekend, uh, we got Oregon at Auburn. Auburn's a four point favorite, starting a true freshman, Bo Nix. Uh, who are you taking this one and what are your thoughts on the game? Oregon by bunches. I think Oregon is going to win this ball game. I think they win it by at least 17. I don't know about 17 points. I think they win it by 17, and Gus Malzahn may not make it back to Auburn. It's it's going to be interesting because he's got a very hot seat as well. Whether people in Auburn want to admit that or not, it's there. It's heating. It's hot. It's already hot. It's the second hottest in the entire country. Behind? Clay Hilton. Nobody's yeah. hotter than him right now. Yeah. We'll see. So, but the keys to this game, in my opinion, is uh, the Oregon offense versus Auburn defense. Well, not even that. That's what everybody wants to see. It's Oregon offensive line versus Auburn's defensive line. Yeah. Because we hear that, you know, Auburn, they got these two studs up front, and they do. But Oregon's got the best offensive line in the country. I don't think people realize that. 
I think that's the reason Justin Herbert came back for his senior year. They also have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So, if if you can see Auburn's defensive line whipping up on this offensive line, Auburn is going to have a chance to be in this game. But I just don't see that happening. I don't either. So, um, with that being said, I'll take Oregon and win some money. You can take it to the bank on that one. Yeah, Oregon by 17. All right, so our Air Raid Dogs. And I think that this season, after this, we're going to have to discuss new rules for this since you called me a very inappropriate name for picking my dogs. Yeah, I did. So, South Alabama is going to Nebraska. And they're a 32-point underdog. And I just don't think that they're that bad. Martinez is going to torch them. So, South South Alabama is my dog. Scott Frost picks up where he left off last season, and they demolish them. All right, so who are you taking with yours? I'm going to take Georgia State at Tennessee with 26. And solely because Tennessee doesn't have a quarterback. I got Jerry Garantano, man. He's five times better than what he was last yeah, year. Guess what? He still ain't good enough. We're going to see what Jim Cheney has to offer with Tennessee. Who? What player are you most excited to watch tomorrow? Or today? That's a tough one because I'm really ready to see what Matt Corral can do. Yes. Uh, okay, we'll go – who are you most excited to see for Ole Miss and, and then outside? I said for Ole Miss, I would say Matt Corral just because let's see what he can do. Outside of it, I'm ready to see if Bo Nix, true freshman, can handle this because this is an atmosphere that's crazy. Yeah. Other than that, I think I think Auburn's going to have the fan advantage in Dallas. Oh, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. So that helps some. Yes. I think as far as coaches, uh, there's two that I really am excited to see. If he freezes on the sideline, I would I'm very much ready to see, you know, what he, he brings back to the table. Yeah. But I'm ready to see what Mike McIntyre is gonna do with his old miss defense. Yeah. Not Matt Luke. Mike McIntyre. Yeah. Good answers. So same questions back to you. I'm ready to see what Matt Corral's got. In Rich Rod's system. I'm also eager to see how they use Ely tomorrow. See how involved he is in the offense. If very involved at all. I just hope it doesn't turn into the Nick Brazel situation yeah. with Houston Nutt. Because he was supposed to be the savior of Ole Miss football. And then yeah. they never used him properly. I, I think he's good enough to be on the field. We'll just see how they use him. Because yeah. he's behind a proven guy in Scotty Phillips, who's the clear number one. Clear cut. What I think, my opinion, one of the best in the country. But I'm excited to see those two guys play. And I'm eager to see what Lincoln Riley's system looks like with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. You don't think it'll be the same? Because I don't think it's going to look like we've seen the past two years airing it out with accurate passers. I think they're going to be more on the ground and picking their shots in the air because Jalen Hurts can move. And if I'm gonna throw a bonus guy, oh, you said for the for tomorrow for today Saturday. Yeah, Jalen Hurts plays Sunday, so I mean, yeah, give you one more pick. I guess I should have said the weekend. But there you <laughs> go. 
I'm really eager to see how Tua comes out because the past two times we've seen him, it hasn't been good. And he's 100% healthy. And I got a feeling he's going to throw for like 400 yards if they don't pull him before then. And it may get ugly. For everyone out there that's betting on Heisman odds, I don't think you should take Trevor Lawrence because you're going to see the same thing you saw with Tua last year. And it's all, you've all, you saw it Thursday night. He's not going to play enough snaps to get the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. And there's going to be that one guy that does. Yeah. And that one guy that's going to play all those snaps and get them. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I guess you're right. We'll see. Other guys, I'm excited to see all the new quarterbacks in the new places. Okay, you know I'm excited to see Jake from. All right. But I'm I not, said in new places. In new places, yeah. I'm ready to see Eason, what he looks like in that system. Jeez, why didn't I say that? I'm ready to see what um, Justin Fields looks like at Ohio State. Yeah. I'm ready to see what Blackman looks like under Willie Taggart's offense. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if they've gotten in shape. I mean, I don't like Joe Burrow, but a lot of people are making a big deal about, you know, his new passing game coordinator coming in. I'm not a fan of Joe Burrow either. I'm not either. Joe Burrow throws 300 yards, four tutties, and beats me. Tip my hat. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not going to let LSU run for 400 on me. A lot of – I think JT Daniels is overrated, but I am excited to see what he has in Graham Harrell's air raid system. And if that can save Clay Hilton, I don't think anything's going to save his job at the end of the season. One last question, and then I'm done. All right. Final thoughts. Who do you think's the best defensive player in the country? In the country? That's that's a tough one. In the in the entire country. Yes. Just a def- any defensive player. Any. Henderson from Florida, the corner. I think he's really good. I'll raise you. Um, when you when I say it, you're gonna say yeah. Emma, yeah, you should. Ugh. And it's it's just, gonna pain me. It's to tough. Say it. It's tough to say defensive player because it's there's I mean, you know what I mean. There's just so many uh different positions it's hard yeah. to judge them you know I think the defensive end from from Iowa is is really good as far as number one Baker's not at Georgia anymore is he no nah, he went Giants yeah. took him last year in the draft because he he's, he would have been a clear cut you ready uh, yeah give me yours they gave him the number seven, Grant Delpit at LSU. I think that, that that's hard to argue against. I really do. He's he, going to be the first defensive back, if not defensive player, selected in next year's draft. You think so? He's the first defensive back for sure. There are a lot of good defense. I think he's a top five pick. In next year's draft. You think he's top five pick? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and predict that. He will be a top five pick in next year's draft. 
if I had to, if I had to pick someone that I think has the potential to be better than him, I'm probably go with J.R. Reed at Georgia. Uh, I think he's really good. I just don't think anybody's on Grant Delpit's level because he's he hits hard enough and wants to hit good enough where you can walk him down and bring him on blitzes. And he's also fast enough and rangy enough to cover just about anybody. And he plays center field for that defense. That's a good pick. You, when you play LSU, you have to know where he is at on every play. And you, you really think about it. He got overlooked last year with Greedy Williams and uh, Devin Lott. I think he's better than both of those guys. I think he's better than Greedy Williams for sure. That being said, I think the Browns had a steal Oh yeah, with Greedy Williams and where they picked him. Grant Delpit's my pick. Any final thoughts, question from you? No, no, man, I'm just – I'm just ready. I'm, I'm ready to, to go. I, I can't wait. You've been giving us bits and pieces, you know, last week and then you've had the past couple nights giving us a little taste. I'm ready for the whole thing. It's going to be it's gonna be very interesting to see. And I think that later on in the day, once we get to that Oregon and Auburn game, it's just going to be built up to where this is it. This is the big game. This is the biggest game of the weekend. And I th- really feel that like that game is going to live up to the hype. I hope so. I said Oregon's going to win by a bunch, but, I mean. Even if they win by a bunch, that, that I'm is a living fan. up to the hype. I'm a fan. I want to see a good game. Me too. In that game, I'm nothing but a fan of the game of college football and want to see a good game. Well, we hope you all tune in to us when we do the recap and see who won this week. Uh, I'm going to tell you. This may be, be the most differences we've had since we've been doing the show. Yeah. Like and five? Differences? All right, let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, we could be even. Yeah. There's a chance we come out even. I think I win by bunches. I think I think I'll win it. I think my dog, if we come out even, my dog's gonna get it. Yeah, your dog's gonna get his five thousand points. <laughs> all right, we all have a good weekend and enjoy college football. See ya.